Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. I want to thank everyone for listening today and listening in the past. I've gotten some really great feedback on the last few episodes, so thank you for that. I also did want to bring to your attention, if you haven't already noticed, that I did update my cover art. It was something that I had been working on for a while. I wanted it to be a little more engaging and attractive, and I absolutely love this picture of my daughter exploring at the beach. So when I came upon this picture and figured out how to make it work, I thought it was perfectly aligned with the mission of this podcast, which is learning outside, learning outside the normal realms of what people think that education should look like. Today, we're going to continue talking about homeschooling high school. And specifically today, we're going to talk about working a job or volunteer service and how that can really lend a lot to a high schooler's education and what they can learn through that job or through that service and how that can not only help them immediately, but also with applications for future jobs or college or scholarships, all kinds of things in the future. Now, one of the things that I hear a lot, depending on where people live, is that there's not a lot available. There's not a lot of high school jobs available. And I really want, I'm not going to say that's not true. What I am going to say is, if you really look, you might be surprised at what's available. Because there is so many opportunities out there for either paid work, volunteer work, internship kinds of things. I would be surprised if you really couldn't find something that might really work for your student. And you also have to remember that there might not be a perfect, glamorous, attractive job out there available, but there probably is something else out there that a child can still learn from that may not be so glamorous. Working fast food might not be very fun, but you can still learn a lot and gain some skills from that job. So you also have to look beyond your comfort zone and what you may want. And I'm not talking about working at fast food or a service kind of job forever. I'm talking about a year or two that you can still gain some skills, you can still earn some money, and it's still a very valuable use of your time. So let's start with in a paid job. So one of the things that we did with my oldest son which I talked before about him being in the Police Explorer program, which was a pretty time-intensive program. There was a lot of volunteer work uh, required for that job on the weekends and, and during the week. So having a job at that point wasn't all that practical just because of his time constraints. However, when he finished with that program, we really wanted him to fill that time with something else since we knew it wasn't going to be academic kind of work. So we pushed him to get a job. This was not something he really wanted to do. He was 16. He wanted to spend all of his free time doing what he wanted to do. But this was something that was important to us as parents. We really wanted to push him to not only earn some of his own money so he could be responsible for his own budgeting and for some of his own purchases, but we really wanted him to have the responsibility of a job. So we pushed him to look for something And he decided to apply at our local grocery store, which is just a couple blocks from our house. 
And when he went to the interview process, he was pretty much hired on the spot. And this was a grocery store. It wasn't that he was overly talented or anything. It was that they're always hiring. And so one of the things that was required was to go to a training for all employees. He went to the training and he came home and he said, no, I don't want to do that. And we were like, why? Well, because there's rules and you have to wear a shirt and tie and you have to make sure that, you know, you have, have all these things you have to do. And we were nodding and saying, yes, that's all requirements of a job. And he mumbled and we grumbled. And I have to admit, I guess you could say that we made him do it, which there isn't very much that I make my kids do. But in this case, we said, you need to try it. You need to try it for at least three months. That was what we told him. Try it for three months. If it's horrible, miserable experience, fine, you can quit. But we really want you to try this out for a variety of reasons. So he grudgingly agreed to that. And I have to say, he worked that job for over three years. The whole three years, he complained about that job. And I say that, you know, with a laugh in my voice because no job, well, very few jobs for a high school student are a wonderful experience. You're going to end up doing an entry level kind of job and you're a high school student. You're going to end up doing kind of the grunt work, whatever it might be. And yes, you're going to have to agree and nod and smile with pretty much whatever you're told. That's just kind of the way it is in most cases. So he did pretty much complain most of that three years in, at some point in time, you know, whether it was a change in rules or whatever it might be. But we also saw a very interesting transformation over that time. He was never late for work, ever. I don't think he took a sick day for maybe the first year and a half or two years. I mean, he was very dedicated to that job despite all of his complaints and despite saying that he wanted to quit probably every couple months. But he never, he, he never did. And he developed a rapport with his coworkers. He had a really good relationship. And here was an awesome thing. After he had worked there for about a year or so, we went on a short trip, a family trip. So he was gone for about four or five days from work. And when he come, came back, there were people saying, oh, good job, Brad, congratulations, good job. And he had no idea what they were talking about. And apparently while he was gone, they did a little vote amongst the employees of the hardest working employee. And they all got to vote. This was just an employee kind of thing, a peer voting thing. He wasn't even there. He wasn't even aware of it. And he won. He, of all the employees, this was at a, a chain grocery store, of all of the employees, he won this hardest working employee competition. And he won a little, like a cooler and some other things from one of their sponsors. And he, he was obviously very proud, but he was so surprised. And I was, of course, as a parent, very proud. But I, it was one of those things where even though he didn't really want to do it, it wasn't a glamorous job, it wasn't exciting, he was learning a lot about character. He was learning a lot about responsibility. He was learning a lot about a work ethic. He learned all of those skills. He also, another big one, was that it's a grocery store. It's customer service. You learn when people are complaining, when people are rude to you, when people are being very difficult, you have to learn how to deal with that. You obviously can't yell at them or, you know, be rude back to them or anything like that. And he learned 
how to deal with that. He learned a lot of interpersonal communication skills. He learned how to deal with those frustrating, difficult situations in a very mature and a very appropriate way. And that was something that I saw that was very, very valuable. Because honestly, if you think about it, there's not, I mean, sure, we, we interact with people all the time. But when you're interacting in a different way, like when you're just interacting with peers or you're interacting as a customer, you have certain rights or you have a certain perspective. And when you're dealing with it on the other side of the fence, it's a different experience. It's a different set of skills that you have to employ. And he learned those. And that was a really valuable skill. I also wanted to point out the fact that he also made sure that he had to budget his time. Now, his high school was pretty relaxed. He's my non-academic kid, for lack of a better way to put that. He wasn't an unschooler, but he certainly only covered the very basics. And he did a lot of uh, interest-based learning for his some of his interests, which were um, competitive biking and some other, other things. But as far as academics, it was more the core subjects that I wanted him to get through. But he had to budget his own time. I never really had to follow after him to make sure his things were done. He pretty much had to figure out how to allot for his schedule with work and his schedule with schoolwork as well as his his outside interests. So that was another thing that he had to learn. That was a skill. That's not something that just comes naturally to everyone. So that was something that was really important that he learned. Now I, I want to flip over to service, to volunteer service. Sometimes people you know, that for whatever reason, maybe they don't have the time to dedicate to a job if it's, you know, a minimum a number of hours. For example, my son, I think they had a minimum of 24 hours a week or something along that line. Now, my daughter, who is a lot more academic, she takes high school as well as community college classes, her schedule simply does not allow her to work 24 hours a week. However, I was really you know, determined that she needed to have that kind of of education and that training with basically giving service or working with other people. So one of the things that we started to do many years ago, actually it's been five years ago, we started volunteering at a small animal rescue. And small animal meaning small animals like rabbits, guinea pigs, chinchillas, those kinds of things. One of the things that she started doing was volunteering there. We cleaned cages, we swept, we fed animals, things like that. And after she had been there a while, a year or so, they asked her if she was interested in a paid job. So she started to bag hay. They had a little shop that they would sell to hay to people and they need somebody to bag that hay from the bales. Now this was something that was not a lot of hours. This was like three hours a week. She could manage that. She got paid just enough to cover a little bit of spending money, a little bit of extra money that she could put away to save for something, you know, not huge. But again, it fit in with her schedule. You still have to be dedicated. You still have to be responsible. You have to make sure that you set aside the time for it. You need to make sure that you do a good job. And actually, they've added things to her job over the years. Um, she's helped with events. She's 
you know, done other things other than just bagging hay because she's been there now five years. She's been working for them for a little over three years, I think. She has done a variety of things for them. They know they can depend on her. They know that, you know, she's a good worker. They know what to expect from her. And even though she doesn't adopt out animals, that's not part of her job, she still answers a lot of questions because she's working amongst all the animals. So when people come in and they're they are asking questions about adopting a certain kind of animal, whether it be rabbits or guinea pigs or chinchillas or whatever it might be. She still has all that knowledge because she's been there a long time. We have our own pets, of course. That's one of the pitfalls when you volunteer for a rescue. You tend to bring home animals. So she's very familiar with the care of these animals. So she's able to answer questions, even though that's not directly her job. So she's learned a lot about dealing with with the public, answering questions. If she can't answer the question, she knows how to refer them on appropriately, you know, not just ignoring them or saying, I don't know. She knows how to pass them on to the correct person that can answer those questions. She also has to be able to think pretty quick. <laughs> More than once, there's animals that escape from their pen or somebody's, you know, handling an animal that shouldn't be handling one you know, all kinds of things, she has been able to, you know, step in, take care of that, be very, very diplomatic with, um, that's not something that we allow the public to do. If you'd like to handle an animal, you know, go talk to, you know, the person in charge, whatever it might be. But she still, even though she only volunteers three hours a week, which doesn't sound like a lot, or I should say works for them three hours a week, it's still, she still volunteers there actually as well for special events and some things like that. But she's still able to offer a lot of benefit and a lot of information to people. And again, those are all things that she's learned by being there, being in a variety of kind of situations, and really gaining the confidence to be able to talk to people that she doesn't know. Because that is something also that you definitely learn in a skill or volunteer service. And that is something that is a big fear of hers. She is very fearful of talking to people she doesn't know or public speaking or, you know, just speaking up in general. That's something that she's very uncomfortable with. And this has definitely helped her get over some of that fear. She still has that fear, but she's able to manage it and she's able to work through it. There really are a lot of opportunities out there that we just overlook, we don't see. And there, I, I, for example, one of uh, my friends taught guitar lessons. My son wanted to take guitar lessons and her husband was remodeling a house. So in exchange for guitar lessons, she said, hey, I know your son's kind of handy, he likes to work with, with his hands. Would he like to help my husband do a little bit of the remodeling work, you know, kind of like a, a mini apprentice. And this was when my son was uh, 13, by the way. And I, of course, jumped at the chance. That was like an awesome opportunity. And he learned about um, wiring. He learned about some tile work, you know, just some basic kinds of, of skills. And, and he did some grunt work, too. He did some sweeping and cleaning up and things like that. He really learned a lot about construction and that kind of work that he never would have normally. And actually, a funny story about that. After he learned about the wiring, it just so happened my husband was going to be rewiring an, uh, an outlet or a, a light switch. 
And so my, my son told my husband he would help him. He had just done that. And so I don't exactly know the right terms, but my son said, hey, don't you want to make sure that that's use the voltage meter, whatever it was called, to make sure that that is not live? And my husband said, oh, yeah, 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 I checked that. It's fine. And then my husband got electrocuted. Obviously not seriously. But that was such an awesome lesson because my son was the one that had just learned about this and my husband did not follow all the steps that you would normally take when you're dealing with electricity and he suffered the consequences. And I love that story because my husband looked at him and he said, I should have listened to you. (laughs) Again, you never know what your child may learn doing some of these kinds of, of jobs. The other thing I want to bring up too is I know some people say, hey, you know, my kid babysits or my kid does some other little odd things around the neighborhood. He might, you know, mow somebody's lawn or whatever, but that's not like any big deal. And I beg to differ. All those kinds of things, if they are done regularly and over time, those are all very valuable. You're still learning responsibility. You're still learning follow through. You're still learning how to do a specific job. You're also learning how to deal with the customer and negotiate a price, maybe negotiate a raise. You know, all those kinds of things are being learned that wouldn't be learned otherwise. Sometimes if you think, oh, you know, doing a little bit of neighborly yard work isn't, you know, it doesn't really count, it absolutely counts. Especially if you can make that into a regular long-term thing, that still counts. When you're putting um, an application together for a scholarship or whatever it is, they've mowed their neighbor's lawn for however many months or years, you can absolutely put lawn care business, you know, one year because that absolutely is what they're doing. They have their own business. They're an entrepreneur. They're raising money. They're following through with the job that they have. So definitely count those kinds of things. Same for for babysitting and things like that. That absolutely, that all counts. And when you're applying for scholarships, I know a lot of people will say, hey, you know, my kid's involved in, you know, a sport or some other hobby and they don't have time to work. Here's something to think about that. Is there a way that you can fit in service, community service, if a job isn't realistic, look at some of what they're doing and balance out what they might learn more from. I'm not saying, you know, quit a sport to go do community service. Think about what skills they're learning. Think about what's more valuable to them, what their priorities there are. And maybe there is a way that you can balance that or maybe you can exchange some of the time. Maybe they do a little less time with something else that they were doing that wasn't necessarily meeting all their needs. And maybe they could put in a little bit more, more time with some kind of volunteer service kind of opportunity. The thing with volunteer opportunities as well It's a commitment. It's something that you really have to be serious about and you really have to commit to it. A lot of places go through volunteers just like crazy. Like a lot of kids will say, oh, I need to do, you know, five hours of service. Of course, they're going to take them. But what they really want is they want the consistent volunteer that's going to come in every week for one or two hours. And so they know they can rely on them and that they're going to do a specific job for them. That is really, really important. And if you can offer that to an organization, they are going to give you a glowing recommendation when the time comes for either a job that they're applying for down the line 
or some kind of application for a scholarship or an award or whatever it might be, they are going to help you out because it is really, really important. I just wanted to make sure that I commented on that so that people realize that it really is a commitment. I would commit for at least six months, if not a year, just to make sure that not only you're getting the full learning experience out of it, but you're also really committing to the organization so they know that they can rely on you. And here's an interesting tidbit that I just learned as well. A friend of mine went to a a college fair and she was asking some of the colleges about what could help the students have a, a leg up on being accepted because these programs that she was talking to were very impacted programs and very hard to get into. And interestingly, one of them said that they put a priority on applicants that have work experience. We want people that can work and that have a work ethic and understand the you know responsibilities of what a job entails because they're a basically a more mature student, which is a very interesting idea. And it's valid, and I wonder if more are doing that that we're just not aware of, but that was an interesting perspective that I had not thought about before. So to wrap this all up, I just want to reiterate the fact that we think of education as core subjects and books and texts and lectures. And obviously education is way more than that. It's all the different skills, all the different experiences that we put together and use in our daily life. And a work experience or a volunteer experience is as valuable, if not more so in many cases, than some of the academic kinds of education that we can offer our kids. So maybe you're just starting a high school experience for your child, and this is something just to think about, something that you can possibly talk with your student about and figure out how to work this in their high school experience. Or even if you're in the midst of high school or even almost finished with high school, it's still something that you can take advantage of and look for some opportunities, whether it's paid employment or volunteer service, and figure out a way to work that into your schedule, to work that into your daily life, and use that to your advantage. Don't look at it as something extra, but look at it as part of the high school education experience. Make it integrated, and I think that you will find that to be very valuable. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I hope you'll check me out on Facebook at Learning Outside the Lines podcast, or on Instagram at Latte Books to Read, where I post fun homeschool-related posts and books. So until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.